Good morning, good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon, and I'm AWOD here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, and it's funny, I was out here at River City Roll last night for 804 Fest, a bunch of uh, live music from local musicians, and I'm back here today broadcasting live from River City Roll. New rule on 910 The Fan on Fridays, we roll throughout the show during commercial breaks. I'll bowl a frame or two as I'm getting ready for our big bowling matchup next Friday, taking on MP, Michael Phillips from MP on the mic. But today on the show, we will discuss the NFL playoffs continuing this weekend with two games Saturday, two games Sunday for the divisional round of the playoffs. And I'll tell you guys, growing up, the divisional round was my favorite round. Uh, I get it, you know, the conference round's fun because the winner gets to go to the Super Bowl, but it's just one game, you know, in the NFC, one game in the AFC. With the divisional round, you get two really good games. And, you know, wild card round, it seems like every year some team sneaks in that really shouldn't have even been there. But with the divisional round, it feels like, you know, of these teams that are playing this weekend, the four games, these eight teams deserve to be here. A lot of guys playing with house money, like the Packers and the Texans. Can they keep it going in week two of the NFL playoffs? And, in fact, we'll take you out to Buffalo with Sneaky Joe, Joe DiBiase, from Bills Mafia. He covers the Buffalo Bills. We'll take you out to San Francisco and talk Packers. The Pack are back, and can they upset the Niners? Mike Spofford covers the Packers. He'll join us on the show today. And then finally at 2.30, we'll take you out to Baltimore to see how the Texans plan to stop Lamar Jackson with Jonathan Alexander, a Texans reporter. Of course, this is also the home of VCU basketball in Richmond, and it is a Friday VCU game day on the fan January 19th as the Rams are at home at the Seagull Center tonight to host St. Louis. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.15 and we've got a special guest joining us, former member of Ram Nation for Inside the Ram Horns. We'll be joined by B.A. Walker at 2 p.m. So uh, you don't want to miss that. Set your alarm, set a clock, make sure you're here at 2 p.m. on the fan. But you guys know how we like to start the show every day. By catching you up on anything you might have missed around the sports world, we'll get you set for the divisional rounds of the playoffs right here on the Sports App. Here it is, everybody. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, highlights. Whoa, are you serious? Wi-Fi plus 3G, 64K. This one, this one. The Sports App. And I told you, all week long, I've kind of talked myself into believing in a few upsets. I'll reveal those upsets throughout the show today as we go around the NFL on NFL Hits. But right now, let's hear from Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers, on what it comes down to as the Packers travel to Levi Stadium in Santa Clara, California, to take on the one seed, the Niners. You prepare off the film that you have, but... Man, just keep telling our guys, no, no matter what. I mean, we, we clinched the one seed, it feels like 100 days ago. Um, <laughs> but, and you got all this time, and everyone wants to talk about all this stuff that leads up to it. And, and there's a lot of stuff to think about, but it comes down to what you do in three and a half hours. Of course, we're always covering coaches on the hot seat getting fired. Well, Mike Tomlin isn't going anywhere. In fact, he is preparing for an extension this offseason, and he's fired up to lead the Steelers back to the postseason and to get a win next year. Let's take a listen to Mike Tomlin, the coach of the Steelers. I coach football. That's what I do. Um, I'm respectful of the position that I hold. Um, 
no sense of entitlement in terms of what I do. Um, I just got a high level of respect for what we all do in this space. And um, I try to earn it daily, and I think that's just my mentality. I would be surprised if Commander's Offense Coordinator Eric Bieniemy wound up in Pittsburgh teaming up with Mike Tomlin and Kenny Pickett next season. They will most likely, though, draft another quarterback to compete for the starting job. Let's move over to the NHL on the sports app. Every day on the sports app, we track Alex Ovechkin's hunt for history. The great eight tracing the great one, Wayne Gretzky's career, 894 goals. Well, Still needs 64 in his hunt for history to tie Gretzky, 65 to become the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL. He did return to the ice from that lower body injury, uh, was on the ice for 15 minutes, 25 seconds, had three shots, but no goals. In fact, it was TJ Oshie who last week went out to Minnesota to meet, meet with a chiropractor that he liked in Minnesota. Well, I don't know what they did, but he turned into the Hulk. Oshie with a hat trick, helping the Caps win over the Blues 5-2. Here's Oshie and a goal. 25 seconds left. Capitals will turn. Ferrabari trying to clear it ahead. Oshie's got it toward the empty net, and there it is. It's a hat trick for T.J. Oshie. Cue the Cowboy hats. It's 5-2 Washington. I really do love everyone throwing their hats on the ice for a hat trick. Oshie gets a hat trick. Caps win 5-2. Next up tomorrow night against the Blues. Over to the NBA. Washington Wizards. Of course, we talked to Dave Johnson earlier this week on his way to New York for the New York Knicks at MSG hosting the Washington Wizards and it was Jalen Brunson, the product of Villanova, going off for 41 points to help the Knicks defeat the Wiz, 113 to 109. Here's Jalen Brunson pulled up for three on 98.7 ESPN New York. Knicks lead down to one. Brunson tries to answer and does from downtown right side of the arc. Big time response by Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson, 21 points. Bulls, Raptors, good one. Last night, of course, the Raptors were involved in a trade earlier this week, sending Pascal Siakam to the Indiana Pacers. Is that enough for the Pacers to make a run to the Eastern Conference Finals? We'll wait and see. The Bulls may have, may have something to say about that as DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic each score 24, combined for 48 points, and it is the Bulls defeating the Raptors 116 to 110 thanks to Jamar DeRozan and his patented mid-range jumper. Here's the call on 670, the score. DeRozan with a spin in the paint. Turnaround jumper, 13-footer, rounds home. And the Bulls lead by three, 112-109. Last night in the NBA also, we've been... Really obsessed with the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, uh, Chet Holmgren balling hard. Uh, Josh Giddy coming up with almost a triple-double, it seems like, every night. Williams can score and can assist. And Shai Gilgis-Alexander turning into one of the best guards in the NBA. And I, I thought it was kind of interesting. Paul George said 
Both teams won the trade that took place a few years ago with the Clippers sending a young SGA to the Thunder. In return, they got Paul George. And earlier this week, Paul George, you know, scored almost 40 points helping the Clippers get a win. Well, last night it was SGA putting up 31 in the Thunder's win over the Jazz, 134-129. to Shy Gilgis Alexander with the jumper to give the Thunder the lead, 98-95. Here's the call on WWLS in Salt Lake City. Deontay George, right wing, Fontecchio, catch two, three is up, no good. Joe the rebound, seven seconds, giving to Shea, crossing the timeline with five, Thunder by one, splits defenders, elevates in the paint, leading in, and lost home a 10-footer with 1.4 left. Gorgeous shot. NBA All-Star voting is fully underway as we get countdown here to the final days. And, of course, we're still following the NBA if there's going to be any trades going on. But right now uh, in the Western Conference front court, it's LeBron James leading the way. Nikola Jokic second place in voting. Kevin Durant third. The backcourt, Luka Doncic and Steph Curry. In the East, it's Giannis leading the way with Four million votes. Then it's Joel Embiid second, Jason Tatum in the front court. And the backcourt will feature most likely Tyrese Halliburton. His incredible season with the Pacers. Now he is currently injured right now. Will be reevaluated in two weeks. And Trey Young second in voting with the Hawks. With Damian Lillard third place in voting. And of course he's having his first season in Milwaukee with the Bucks after playing his entire career in Portland. Let's move over to tennis to talk a little Aussie Open here on the Sports app. Of course, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm desperate that this would be the year that an American rises to the challenge and wins a Grand Slam. We have not had a Grand Slam champion uh, American in more than 20 years. you got to go back to 2003. Andy Roddick in the U.S. Open. And last night we lost two more Americans. Young American Ben Shelton, who uh, stepped on the scene last year with his semifinal run to the U.S. Open. He goes down in five sets. That finished late last night. Sebastian Korda also fell to uh, impressive Russian Andrei Rublev in straight sets. So only two Americans left. That's Taylor Fritz and Tommy Paul. And uh, so I will be following those two throughout the rest of the Australian Open uh, round four continues tonight. Late game tonight between two young stars. Number 11, Casper Ruud against the young Brit. Number 19, Cameron Norrie. And there is some controversy going on with the Australian Open. And they changed some things from last year to try to have the matches end earlier. Well, it didn't help. Medvedev finished his match at 3.40 in the morning. He said after that match two nights ago, Honestly, guys, I would not be here. Speaking of the fans, thanks for staying. If I would be a tennis fan and I would come, I would be at 1 a.m. Let's go home. We're going to catch the end of the match on TV. So we thanked all the fans for staying out there. But uh, the new rules are weird in the Australian Open. They dictate that no play is to begin after 11 p.m., but a lot of the matches have been starting at about 10.45, 10.50, and they're going all night, which is... Uh, you know, interesting for us watching here in America because sometimes you'll wake up at 8 a.m. and there's still a match going on. It usually isn't like that with the Aussie Open. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. 
I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM on the Richmond Commander. It's every day at 1 p.m. We'll dive into the RG3 Jay Gruden beef as they just continue to go at each other on social media. We'll go around the NFL and pick some winners for, uh, not wild card weekend, divisional round of the NFL playoffs. And, of course, like we said, we'll talk Texans, Packers, and Bills with reporters from each of those teams throughout the show today. I am broadcasting live from River City Roll here in Scott's Edition. Don't call River City Roll just a bowling alley. It's got a chef-inspired menu. The pizza's banging, live music, entertainment on Friday and Saturday nights. In fact, I was here last night for 804 Fest. It was a fun, thirsty Thursday here in Scott's Edition. Joining us right now for a little crosstalk is MP on the mic, Michael Phelps. What's going on, Michael? Yo, feeling great, dude. How's it out there? It's 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 nice, man. Uh, I love this location. I was able to walk across the street to Starbucks, get a cup of coffee, and uh, not not the worst weather today. It's not bad out. It's coffee weather for sure. The sun doesn't yeah. come out. You got to get yourself a cup of joe. Get right. We got to entertain the masses, Adam. You can't do that while you're sleeping. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is like six or seven inches of snow in northern Virginia. Like my sister's yeah. off work. My mom's working from home. But here in Richmond, no snow in sight. Isn't that wild? Like they, there's always that line, right? Like you cross the line and it's crazy and it dumped snow and then on the other side of the line nothing we end up on the wrong side of the line more often than not i say like my thought is if it's going to be cold it might as well snow i'd rather be on the snow side of the line personally yeah i know what you mean there hey michael we've been making a lot of bets on the show and i, yeah, I was interested to, to see if you wanted to place another wager because i am just so confident in my upset pick of the week uh, I would love to. I, I mean, obviously, I'm the the window is always open for business. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm excited to hear your upset pick of the, pick of the week. Uh, my my track record here, you can look at this one of two ways. Uh, I'm the Washington Generals, and you're the Harlem Globetrotters, and, and you yeah. can't miss. Or I'm due. It's possible. Yeah. I might be due. You, yeah, I think you are due, and that's the one thing I'm worried about here. But we've been talking about it all week. Uh, we, we brought up an article from week one, Baker Mayfield, football savant. Week one against the Vikings, he went into the locker room at halftime, called out all their signals, knew when they were doing cover two or cover three. The Bucks came back and won that game. And I think we've been sleeping on Baker Mayfield all season long. This is a Bucks roster that I believe is a Super Bowl team, just minus Tom Brady. In comes Baker Mayfield, and hey, they're 9-8 and eight with not many bad losses all season long. Like, right, uh, they lost to Detroit. They lost at Houston. Uh, those teams still available, are still alive here in the playoffs. I, I think Detroit was lucky to advance last week. I, I made money taking the Rams plus the points. So I'm going to ask you again, Michael, will you give me the Bucks plus the points? Uh, r- remind me of the points here. Sorry. It is six and a half. Yeah, six and a half. Uh, it, six and a half is hard because, right, like last week, I you only survived because I gave you the points. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't feel great about the points because I, that means I'm putting my trust in Jared Goff. Uh, my trust is in the Lions institutionally to beat the Buccaneers, which I think they will. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, and the, the deal, no deal, I think this might be no deal. I, I think I might like the points here. I think the Bucks can keep it close. Uh, I completely agree with you. The lesson here, by the way, young kids, is go 
be a quarterback on a good team with a good roster. Like everybody's out here chasing the dollar, like chasing the bag. Can I make twenty-two million instead of twenty-one million? Stop it. Go play with great receivers, and then you'll be famous again, and you'll make all the money you need on the back end. Uh, so, did you see, by the way, uh, the the new twist on Deal or No Deal that they've been advertising? Yeah, it's like in the jungle or something. It's on an island. It's yeah, Deal I'm or No so Deal, out. but on an island. Everybody's trying to steal what Survivor has mastered. Yeah. Right, which is you send about 18 people to a random island with 150 producers and cameramen and just let them kill the, kill each other. <laughs> r- r- like that concept has been remarkably durable. You think yeah. about the American attention span, which is approximately like less than the amount of time of that sentence. And, and survivors in like year 30, it's still hot. People still love it. It's still fresh. It re- like all the trends that have come and gone. Remember, like who wants to be a millionaire and like who, you know, the, the reality dating shows and the Kardashians, they've all come and gone and had their moment. Survivor's still hanging out on the island. Survivor survives. Uh, You know what? I I might even, by the end of the show today, I might even talk myself into taking Buck's money line because we haven't talked about the other side of the ball, and that is Todd Bowles' incredible defense. And uh, I I saw a couple clips on Twitter with NFL Network breaking down, you know, just how tough it is with his defensive schemes, getting after the quarterback. They've got a good secondary as well. I think they could give Jared Goff's fits. Okay, if you can talk yourself down to three, I'm prepared. <laughs> I'm prepared to open the window and do business. I'm prepared to take four and a half. How about uh, that one, Michael? Uh, we we're going to go to the banker, and he says no deal, no deal, no deal. Come back with a better offer. You're Howie Mandel. We're actually playing deal or no deal. All right. <laughs> How about the, let me ask for three and a half points. Uh, I'm checking in with uh, – the banker didn't even open the window for that. It's, wow. It's, oh. it, it's three. Three's the number. Three's the all right, number. Well, all right, we'll move past this game. What is your lock of the weekend? <laughs> I, I'm putting the Texans on, on my upset alert to potentially beat the uh, the Ravens. I think the Ooh. Ravens could be in for a, for a rough outing. Uh, same way the Cowboys were last week. They've been sitting for a while. I think Houston's got a lot of momentum. Uh, we talk about that more in baseball than football, but that's a real thing, man. Like uh, – a hot hand team going against a cold team. And the Ravens have that history. Remember when the Caps went on their Stanley Cup run? I said yeah. game six in Pittsburgh. I, I said they had to win that night. Because if you go home and play game seven at home, the first time anything bad happens, call goes against you, the Penguins score a goal, whatever. Everybody's, uh, second time today I'm going to say it, everybody's buttholes just get super tight. Right? Like, oh my gosh, we're going to choke again. We're going to do it. That's the Baltimore crowd on Sunday. I'd rather play that in Houston than Baltimore if I was the Ravens. So you believe that Baltimore can win the Super Bowl, but you also believe they can get upset this weekend? That's correct. I think this is this is the, the hurdle they've got to clear. They're better than the Chiefs. They're better than the Bills. But that, that first one, right? Like, I felt that way about the Caps that year, right? If they can beat the Penguins, they can beat Vegas. They can win the Stanley Cup. But I don't think they could have won a Game 7 at home. I just, that atmosphere, you, you feed off of that, right? You saw a little bit of that with the Lions last week. As Goff started struggling, that crowd got a little tight towards the end of the game uh, you know finally you know the the release of joy at the end lions are back to you know back to feeling good about themselves uh the, the only thing i don't want if i'm the lions is to see the packers next week now i think the niners are great but i, I think that would be another game where it's like uh oh you've got a house money team against jared goff that would be warning signs for me 
So we'll see what happens here with this Texans game against the Ravens. But there's two things I hate in life, and that's mayonnaise and rookie quarterbacks. So I will take Baltimore, uh, and I, I will take Baltimore minus some points here. Not, I'm not going to take nine and a half, Michael. Yeah. Uh, but if you threw out like six and a half, uh, I mean, what are you thinking here? Could they, you you like the Texans money line, or do you like them to cover some points? Yeah, if it's the Texans money line, I I need like some serious odds, right? Like that's yeah. that's like me buying Stub a house red against you buying Stub like a, a nineteen seventy three Pasamigos Merlot Valley Cabernet Sauvignon blend. You know, like that <laughs> that that that's our odds there. Uh, who you got in Chiefs Bills? Maybe we can make this a, a three spot here. Oh, absolutely. That uh, I mean, if they're giving it to me as an upset, it's my upset pick of the weekend. I've got the Chiefs going okay. to Buffalo and doing what they do every year, and yeah. that's advancing to the AFC title game. No, we agree on that. Packers-Niners, uh, Packers getting, I, I think, nine is, is the number. Is that right? I'm seeing it at nine and a half here. I, I'm not touching that game. I, Packers playing with house money. Uh, I think they can keep it close, but at the end of the day, I guarantee the Niners win this game. They're just a better football team. So I could see the you know the Niners winning by three or by ten. That's why I'm not touching this. All spread. right. So I would take a three pack with the line where I get the the three favorites: Ravens, Niners, Lions to cover, and you get Texans, Packers, Bucks, the three underdogs with the points. Best two out of three. I'm going to say no to that, Michael. Oh, he went to he, <laughs> Howie Mandel over River City Rolls. Same deal. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? We're just going to enjoy some VCU basketball tonight. We both agree. Big game for the Rams. And then next Tuesday, it's producer outing. We're going to we're gonna let them out of their cages. And I am buying the first round of drinks at producer outing due to my uh, lack of success in previous bets. Absolutely. And we need to uh, make sure that everybody knows we need more Sean Bearstow. I need more of the bear tonight. <laughs> you, look, I want more bear. I obviously I, w- I was painted as anti Bearstow. I just thought he was getting too many minutes relative to the production. If he produces like he did at LaSalle, give me forty minutes of the bear. Give me as much bear as I can handle. Let's go. Haven't seen bear this good since the FX show about the cooks. <laughs> That's Michael Phillips. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio nine ten the fan now at one oh five one FM. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. You can always tweet us your thoughts at 910TheFan or at AWOD Radio. If it's a good tweet, we'll read it on air. It's time to talk a little playoffs on the fan with the NFL Divisional Round beginning Saturday, January 20th at 4.30 with the Texans at the Ravens. And then concluding Sunday night on CBS with the Chiefs traveling to Buffalo to face off against the Buffalo Bills. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline from WGR 550 in Buffalo, it's Sneaky Joe. What's going on, Joe? What's up, Adam? Always good to talk. Absolutely, man. So why don't you make the case right away here for why the Buffalo Bills will get it done this time against the Chiefs? Uh, let's start with the game is finally at Orchard Park. It's finally yeah. at home for the Bills. They have played six of their last seven games at Arrowhead Stadium. People are sick of playing there. And it's Mahomes' first road playoff game, which is noteworthy. But for me, it is a combination of the Bills have finally figured out what their warts are on offense and on defense, and they have been able to insulate those problems properly to where their offense is better running the ball, they are getting some of their skill position players more involved outside of Stephon Diggs. 
And defensively, they finally figured out how to overcome a lot of these injuries that they sustained throughout the season. They are still very injured going into this game, but Sean McDermott has proven to be able to overcome that as a defensive play caller this year. So both sides of the ball, I think, are giving people a lot of confidence. The home game is giving people confidence. The only negative, I think, right now for, for fans and for the team is the injury report. You know, it is Josh Allen against Patrick Mahomes, two superstar quarterbacks, probably two future Hall of Famers. And, you know, I, I do think it will come down to, uh, you know, who can use their arm to the best here uh, with, you know, connecting with their wide receivers. But, you know, am I crazy to say, hey, the winner of this matchup could be between the running backs, Pacheco and James Cook, who has the better game? Like, so just... Joe, you're, you're losing connection here. See if we, we're losing connection with you, Joe. Go ahead. You got me now? Yeah, we got you. Yeah, so I just to, to summarize, the two running backs, they're very different styles. Pacheco is violent. He is physical. He's had a very good season. James Cook is not very physical. I mean, he is smooth. He is quick. He is very efficient out of the pass game. Um, I think what probably happens is whoever gets an early lead in this game will really have to trust their running game to get it done versus the team playing from behind in this game is going to have to lean in to their superstar quarterback. That can work for both teams. Both Mahomes and Allen are capable of playing that way. But I do think that the first quarter of this game is really going to determine which running back uh, is going to have the better day. We're joined by Sneaky Joe, Joe DiBiase, here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. Follow him on social media at Sneaky Joe Sports. Can, can you speak on the uh, the story that we're not seeing being reported locally there in Buffalo about Bills fans jumping into a giant pit? Can, can you talk about that? <laughs> yeah, we don't really know if it's even fully true yet because there isn't a lot of substantial reporting around it. There's rumors, right? There's doctors talking to his buddy, and then that guy's tweeting about it, and, and that kind of takes you know hold, and, and it starts to catch wildfire. Uh, we know for sure that somebody jumped into the stadium pit earlier in the year, and if you're wondering, the, stadium, the pit is literally just where they are building the new stadium. It's like a 40-foot hole in the ground right now because they're very early on in the stages. And, you know, the way Bills fans are, they're nuts, they're superstitious, They'll jump off of giant snow piles into a flaming table, which you might have seen on social media last week. <laughs> and listen, I don't know that it's true. Is it possible that fans are, are jumping into the pit, you know, one per week to sacrifice themselves as a, for a Bills win? Uh, I don't want to rule it out, but yeah, to this point, we, I guess, don't know for sure that it's happening. Joe, what do you think of this coaching matchup? What are the strengths and weaknesses for each guy? Because I know Sean McDermott's first NFL job uh, was with Andy Reid's staff in Philadelphia in 1999. Yeah, they're, uh, they're, they're going at it again. I mean, these guys have met each other a bunch of times now. They know each other's strengths. They know each other's weaknesses. And for me, what that has been in the past with Sean McDermott is playing a little bit too conservative with his defensive play calling. But it's never been him calling defensive plays. It's always been his defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier. Frazier no longer with the team. McDermott did not hire a D.C. He decided to call plays himself, and that has changed in a big way. There are timely blitzes that have worked to the, bill, for the Bills all season long. He has been mixing up coverages more often, trying to confuse 
the opposing offensive coach. I think he has taken hold of the defense and has done a very good job. And it worked very well against Andy Reid in this first matchup, limiting the Chiefs to 17 points. For Reid, I don't see many weaknesses for him. I just think he's trying to figure out the best he could do with an inferior uh, receiving core that he's had in yeah. the past. I mean, Kelsey is not as efficient as he once was. They really wanted Kadarius Tony to be that yak guy, the poor man's Tyreek Hill. That has not happened in any way. But what Reed's figured out as the season has gone on is that Rasheed Rice is his best wide receiver. With the ball in his hands, he's his best wide receiver. With just catching the ball in the first place, he's the best guy they got, getting open. So to me, that's the matchup. How often can Reed get Rice involved with the ball in his hand in open space, and how well can McDermott prevent that from happening? How much do you think the weather is going to be a factor in this game? It's actually not for fans. That's it. Uh, yeah. The game itself, no wind for this game. Um, you know, for you down in Richmond, it, this might sound like uh, nonsense to say. It's going to be warmer at 25 degrees this week. <laughs> uh, but it is going to be warmer than it was last week. No snow in the forecast, no wind. The only thing fans will have to deal with is it's supposed to snow pretty much from now a Saturday morning, so if you're a fan in the stands, you might have a bunch of snow around you. So that's pretty much the only impact we're looking at. Joe, great stuff, man. Always appreciate you joining the show. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Anytime. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for nonstop UVA action. Of course, who's talking can be heard on the fan every Monday. It's Hobgood, Hobbo alongside Frank Maloney, and UVA got a big home win over Virginia Tech. And Frank Maloney joins us right now in studio from the Hadid Mercer rug cleaning hot seat. What was the key to that win, Frank? Well, you know, I was there uh, covering the game, and I'll tell you, it was very obvious from the get-go. Jordan Miner is clicking now. He's he's more comfortable with uh, the pack line defense, and he's a lot more comfortable on offense. He's cutting and moving and aggressively going to the rack with authority. And, you know, if he can stay healthy, I think I think Virginia is, can turn a corner and start winning some road games to go along with the home wins. I, I agree with you. I mean, we've been kind of discussing all year who would be their consistent third scorer outside of Beekman and Dunn. And I, I mean, I kind of still believe it, that it could be uh, McNeely to be the consistent guy, but certainly a good game from Miner. What do you expect in Virginia, uh, their matchup on the road against Georgia Tech this Saturday? You know, uh, Georgia Tech is a, is a Jekyll and Hyde type of team this year. Um they have at times I've seen games that I've picked up where they look dangerous. I mean, they beat Duke at the beginning of the year. However, since then they've been all over the map. I mean, all over it. And you know, there's so many new faces on the court for teams. It's almost impossible, you know, to keep track of anything without double checking the roster and the number and the name and. Um, I just don't have a good feel for Georgia Tech. I mean, they're they're two and four in conference. They are nine and eight overall. So it depends on what team you see. Now they had an interesting week this week. I think they won once, but then they lost, I believe. I think Virginia uh, has a good shot to, to break through on the road on Saturday. And uh, you know, you know, Virginia's due. I mean, let's face it. The the game's at six o'clock. So. 
the travel arrangements should not be too crazy for the Cavaliers. And this is a game they got to win, I think. And they, they'll come home, and I think they'll beat NC State at home. But they've, they've got to beat Georgia Tech on the road. Frank Maloney with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hot Seat. Of course, you can hear who's talking Mondays on 910 The Fan. Uh, Frank, you know, we talked in the offseason about losing Kihei Clark and, you know, the the experiment, I guess you could say, with Reese Beekman at the point guard. I think he's been really good with his assist numbers, but I feel like I'm seeing too many turnovers. Do you think UVA has somebody else that could run the point at times? Well, you know, it, it's definitely not Rhodey. Uh, <laughs> I mean, nothing against that kid. That kid's still got two more years, two and a half years more of basketball on the court. And I think he's a good contributor. Uh, he scores in unusual ways, but he's not a point guard. Yeah. What about say, Dante Harris? Well, you know, Dante Harris is finally healthy, and I've only talked about it for five and a half weeks. <laughs> I said, is, is this an ankle sprain? Well, let me tell you something. I did some digging prior to the game on Wednesday night. And I did, in fact, learn that it was not a high ankle sprain. It was something else. They wouldn't tell me what it was, but I was told it was something else. Now, uh, I'll tell you this. That young man, Dante Harris, played a whale of a game for a guy that's been out five and a half weeks. Uh, You know, his drives, his assists with no turnovers. I think he had five or six assists. And he made an amazing drive to the basket where – the entire defense did not know that he was already putting the ball into the basket. That's how he fooled everyone on the defense. And um, I, I like I like his upside, and if he can just stay healthy, that allows Beekman to move to the two and and let – it takes a little pressure, I think, off of Isaac Manili, who I think has been stressing. And I think he, did, he, he never forced a shot on Wednesday night, so McNeely – He's perfectly capable of making 15 to 20 points against anybody, but teams are really focusing on him, and he's he's getting freer. Now, the man that's not doing as much on offense as much as people probably expected, particularly the NBA scouts, and that's Ryan Dunn. Yeah. Dunn is is a little lost right now uh, on offense. He's still playing great D. He's making steals just like – like uh, Bigman does. Reese Bigman makes steals all the time. But Dunn makes these crazy steals where he comes out of nowhere and a man thinks he's open or free and asked Couture about uh, Ryan Dunn. Several times he panicked when Dunn closed in on him, just threw the ball away. Uh, but I, I do think, uh, you know, the, up, the upside for Virginia is still there. They're not even close to playing to their potential. And uh, if they can find that, that chemistry, look out. Yeah, especially if they can get consistent play from the front court. UVA 12 and 5 on the year, 3 and 3 in the ACC with a chance to move above 500 at Georgia Tech this weekend. Frank, thanks thanks so much for stopping by, man. Hey, 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 one second real quick. Yeah. I want to let you guys know that we have um Anthony Solomon, former UVA guard and a longtime assistant coach most recently with Notre Dame under on Mike Bray's staff, but Anthony Solomon uh, is making a rare appearance on Who's Talking this coming Monday night at 6 o'clock. And we also have the new executive director of the VAF, Kevin Miller. And this will be a very interesting show on Monday night. That's awesome. Monday night, 6 p.m., always available for free on the Odyssey app. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. 
now at 105.1 FM. New rule on 910 The Fan. On Fridays, we roll, broadcasting live from River City Roll here in Scott's Edition. Don't call River City Roll just a bowling alley. It is way more than that. You've got live entertainment. Uh, River City Roll beer is, is, is one of my favorites. In fact, anytime there's a football game on, you can get a $10 pitcher of River City Roll beer. Anytime there's a football game on, you're not going to get a better deal than that here around town. So come on out to River City Roll. Tell them AWOD sent you. And, of course, uh, we will talk commanders at 1 p.m. on the Richmond Commander. We'll go around the NFL pick winners. we still got AWOD certified game of the week, guaranteeing football fans around the country will enjoy viewing this contest. And, look, everyone thinks I'm going to go Chiefs-Bills. Everyone wanted me to go Chiefs-Dolphins last week, and I did, and turns out I was wrong. So I'm not going to lock in Chiefs-Bills as the certified game of the week. I do think there's another game out there that might surprise some people as the game of the week. Uh, But joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline for Don't Sleep on These Picks, presented by Don't Sleep Energy, is Drab T-Shirt from the Junkies. What's going on, Drabby? Richmond, what's going on? What's up, Adam? Hey, man, so let's talk about this bet with Valdez, all right? He's been doing yeah. a lot of bets lately. Now, I'm not sure that you know, but if the Ravens win the Super Bowl, he's driving to Richmond, and we will dye his hair Odell Beckham blonde on air. I mean, that's a crazy one. He's also given away a signed Lamar jersey if they win. It seems like this guy is desperate for attention right now. He's so desperate for attention. First off, Valdez dyeing his hair at any point is a great idea because it's so gray at age 35, it's embarrassing. So he should dye his hair blonde, brown, uh, purple, red. It doesn't matter. He's got to do something with that gray hair. And so the bet that they made on the junkies today was what? If the bet, oh, so Valdez, if you don't know, my, my, my partner, the co-producer on the Junkies, if he, he's been so arrogant, adamant this week that it's impossible for the Ravens to lose to the Texans, it's a one-sided bet. His punishment will be, if the Ravens lose, he is going to get a tattoo on his booty cheeks that says, Lamar is booty. <laughs> That's a good one. I really like that. I'll be honest, though. I liked your original idea better of the guy that walks around New York City basically naked with a cowboy hat. That's a butt-funny visual. Well, no, Valdez is still going to have to wear the cowboy hat and the boots and, and, and the white briefs as well. Oh, and really? We're going to yank those. We're going <laughs> to yank those briefs down when he gets the tattoo. Look, Valdez did this to himself. All I said is, you're anti-Houston, so if Houston beats Baltimore, we're going to come in here with a flank steak. We're going to dip it <laughs> in, in barbecue sauce, and we're going to slap you in the face with it—the old slap bit that we like to do on the show. But <laughs> someone tossed out the idea of Valdez getting a tattoo on his butt, and he said, "Okay." It's, insan- it's insanity. I don't know why he agreed to it. I was rooting for the Ravens until about 9.30 this morning when I said, I have to see this. I have to see this happen. Now I'm going for the Texans. Yeah, I mean, he's just so confident in the Ravens. But, hey, I am too. I do have a fan duel ticket on the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. Drab, last week we were both in it together on the Rams. Now, I will say, I took the points and won. You were in on Rams' money line. Uh, Sean McVay kind of screwed us at the end of the game there. I don't know how they didn't end up kicking a field goal when they drove past, past the 50. Well, they were all the way down to the 40, maybe even the 35, and it's like, dude, get five more yards. They had, I think it was a holding penalty that knocked them back. 
And it, it, dude, we were so close. I mean, they yeah. were the Lions hardly scored any points. I, I, all this Ben Johnson hype is out of control. The Lions barely moved the ball in the second half. They should be out of the playoffs right now. The Rams had the opportunity to beat them, and they blew it. They cost me money because I stupidly bet the money line. But I had a terrible weekend, Adam. I, I mean, I was losing every bet left and right. Thank God for the, for the Aussie Open. I'm getting it back. But the NFL killed me last weekend. So my lock of the week is actually Detroit to cover the six and a half point spread. Give me De- uh, not Detroit Bucks plus six and a half. I think like we were just talking about, Detroit was lucky to get past the Rams. Everyone's sleeping on Baker Mayfield being a football savant, and oh yeah, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is a defensive specialist. They are going to stop Ben Johnson and that offense with Jared Goff. Give me the Bucks plus six and a half. I do agree with that, and I think that the Bucks actually could win this game as well. I think it's going to be a close game, but it would be a lot of fun to see Detroit in the NFC Championship game. I mean, just a loser franchise finally coming up and, and having a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, if the Lions were in the Super Bowl, that, that would be a lot of fun. And they, I don't even like them, but it would be a cool story. Like Lions, Bills going for the, for the Super Bowl, like that would be must-watch in my opinion. Tampa really doesn't do anything for me as a, as a general fan, or not just a general NFL fan of not really rooting for them. They don't move me one way or another. They're just kind of always there. I like Baker, and I think the Bucks can win, but I think I want the Lions to win this game. What is your lock of Anybody the week, but San Francisco. For me, anybody but San Francisco. I'm not a Niners fan. I, like, I love the Seahawks. What is your lock of the week, then? My lock of the week, we're going to the AFC. I really think the Chiefs are toast. I think they're done. I, I, the Bills are a well-rounded team. They've won six in a row. Josh Allen's going to beat his rival now for the first time. I love Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes may be already a top three quarterback in NFL history. Like He is an absolute stud, and he'll probably do it again because that's just what he does. But I think the Bills are a more complete team right now. I think the Chiefs' offense really has some real issues. McDermott's going to figure out a way to shut them down. It's in Buffalo, so Mahomes has got to go on the road. I just don't think for four quarters they're as good a team as the Bills right now. So I like the Bills by two and a half, and I hope it's a great – you know, they've had some phenomenal games. Of course, that game a few years ago where they're going back and forth in the final minute. I wish this was the AFC Championship game. I really do, yeah. but um, – I think the Bills are going to pull this one off, man. I think they could win by three to six points. This is Don't Sleep on These Picks, presented by Don't Sleep Energy. If you need the energy to stay up late and watch the NFL games, it's easy. Go over to don'tsleepenergy.com. Use the promo code AWOD, radio, to save some cash. Your picks might go busto, but you'll be loaded with gusto. Don't Sleep makes you great. They support AWOD radio and the boys behind the glass from bit season. Drab, let's get to your sports tilt of the week. My sports tilt of the week right now, Adam, is, and it's that time of the year, but I just feel like it's worse than ever. And I know you're not the biggest college football fan out there, but the, the transfer portal and, and the coaching carousel is just driving me insane. These teams are being completely wiped out when a coach leaves now because there is no sitting out period. There's no penalty for players leaving. There's no penalty for coaches leaving. Buyouts mean absolutely nothing. So you had, you had Washington Huskies playing in the national championship game just over a week ago. And their coach leaves, okay, fine, it's, I'm not happy about it, but it is the job probably in college football. He leaves to go to Alabama. But now every 
player on Washington is either leaving, graduating, or going in the portal. Like, their entire team is in the portal. They will have 11 new starters on offense next year. They had one of the most prolific offenses in the NFL. They will have an entire new offense because either your guys are graduating or going to the NFL. Same on the defensive side of the ball. And guess what? So they steal Arizona's coach. What's going to happen to Arizona? Their players will all go in the portal. Arizona's coach takes San Jose State's coach. Their players will all go. It's just a never-ending ugly cycle where if a, te- if a coach leaves the team, they all get completely wiped out. We saw it happen to Oregon State earlier in the winter. It just happens to every... It's happening to Alabama. Alabama players. I mean, look, they've been retired, so I just think that there needs to be a, a waiting out period. I'm all for players getting paid. Uh, maybe we need to cap it and figure that out, but just the, the constant free agency in, in college football is, is just, as the junkies say, Adam, it's ricking me right now. No, you're right, but something that tilts me with your love for college football is Drab likes Oregon... Notre Dame, Washington, Auburn, West Virginia. I'm sure I'm missing some schools. You've got like 10 teams you support. <laughs> I'm a Sun Devil. I like the Sun Devils, but, you know, certain players, and at certain times I kind of do root for other teams. But um, at my core, it's always Sun Devils first. I'm not a Washington Huskies fan. I don't like the Huskies, but I did like Michael Penix. <laughs> All right, my sports tilt to the week, draft. I know. Yeah, it is. My sports tilt to the week is American men sucking at tennis. We're always losing early in the rounds, especially at the Australian Open. We're down to just two already. We're only past the third round. It's Taylor Fritz and Tommy Paul. And my favorite tennis player, Francis Tiafo, has just really fallen off since his U.S. Open run back in 2022. And John Feinstein said it back then. That was Francis Tiafo at his peak. And it kind of seems like Feinstein was right. It shouldn't be his peak. I mean, how old is he, Adam? He's like 25. Yeah, if, if yeah. that, I, I don't even know. Like, he, there's no reason he should have lost that match earlier this week. He was like a three to one favorite. It was, it wasn't. It, it, you can't lose that early. Yeah, he's 25 years old. You can't lose that early in a Grand Slam. Yes, I actually think Taylor Fritz is going to beat CC Pass on Saturday night. I actually might even watch that over Chiefs Bills. No, I'm just kidding. I won't. But I am intrigued. I will keep an eye on it on, on my phone. I'll probably bet on it. Fritz is, 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 is very good. But it is disappointing. I mean, tennis is such a great sport. I know most people don't care. But I want to go back to the days where we are dominating. It doesn't make any sense to me why we can't have a couple dominating male tennis players. It's so frustrating. We have the, uh, so many people in this country. Why can't we get a couple good tennis players? I think it's because tennis is so mental. And our athletes are soft, man. Oh, what? So you got to be an Eastern European cyborg to be good at tennis? Yeah, I mean, you got to be like Novak Djokovic doesn't care about anything but tennis. You know, Taylor okay, Fritz cares well, about his freak, girlfriend and his model and yeah. stuff. You know, it's well, just, why, it's annoying. why are there so many good Serbian and Croatian tennis players? Is it just because they're just just robots? I think so. There's they're cyborgs. <laughs> yeah, they, they really are. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's frustrating, but I, before I die, Adam, we're going to see an American win another Grand Slam. <laughs> Hopefully in the next 50 years. <laughs> I'd love that. Bold Drab, thanks so much, man. Claim by Drab T-shirt. <laughs> right, yeah. Enjoy your weekend, dude. All right, bud. Thanks for having me on. Yep, that was Drab T-shirt from the Sports Junkies for Don't Sleep on These Picks. Don't Sleep makes you great. Your picks might go busto, but you'll be loaded with gusto. Head over to don'tsleepenergy.com. Use the promo code AWOD Radio.